Good Thursday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Podcast Daily. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Ryan Day. We're going to talk a little bit about signing day because we had an hour-long press conference with you on Wednesday, and nobody asked about recruiting <laughs> except for me. Uh, and, you know, obviously, the majority of the work is done heading into the February signing period, which is stupid now, and I don't know why we do it. Um, but you add Dominic Kirk, a four-star local kid, an Ohio kid that it seemed like was grinding for a long time to get that opportunity and he does he signs on wednesday but i want to go back to the jeremiah smith when you got the news in december you still weren't allowed to talk about it officially on the on the the december press conference because he had not signed yet had you ever experienced in the time of being the head coach here an hour like you did with with jeremiah and with edrick houston and and can you just Maybe explain to people how frustrating it is to have to deal with that because you've done a year's worth of work, right? And then it comes down to three minutes before a decision. Well, you just hope that in that moment, you know, nothing irrational happens because of all the work that's been done to this point. Um, you just count on the relationships and the work that's been put in up until this point to to pay off down the road. But when you're dealing with such you know high end players, there's a lot of things that could go down. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot that goes with it, and so. Yeah, there was certainly um, some unsettling moments there. But again, when you're dealing with, you know, guys like Jeremiah Smith and Edric Houston, you know, there's a lot of pressure back home yeah. for these guys to stay closer to home. And so we understand that. But uh, but it is a challenge. And I think going back to your first point about the signing days, you know, I think you know, there's been kind of talk about maybe moving some of these signing days because how hectic December can be. Yeah. And so I'm certainly one of the proponent, proponents that we should take the signing day and move it back at to, to some other date other than December. I've always thought it should be August 1st and February 1st. And then if there's a head coaching change like we saw in a number of places, then maybe you open it up for guys. Sure. But like August 1st, there's a lot of guys, Garrett Stovers of the world, who you know they're not going anywhere else. So why shouldn't they be able to just get that knocked out? But because there are so many things changing in, in college sports and college football, the Jeremiah recruitment to me is just fascinating because it's a microcosm of how you can do everything right. I mean, you guys have been recruiting Jeremiah Smith for four years. He came here as a freshman, camped in the summer of what, 2020 or 2019, I think. Like the relation, Heartline never left the relationship there. The offense is great. The wide receiver development's great. The relationships are perfect. Uh, you, you, you are involved in the rec- every single thing that you could want. Yep. It, to, to be like, this is the easy recruitment. And it still came down to the last minute where everything changed. And it made, and then, Last week, we see Jeff Halfley leave for the Green Bay Packers to be a defense coordinator. And it leaked out through Pete Thamel that one of the reasons maybe was that like being a college football head coach isn't what it used to be. And I think about the Jeremiah Smith recruitment and, and then that conversation with, with Jeff. And is this fun still? <laughs> like, I mean, because you get into coaching because you love coaching and you love developing young people and, and the opportunity to to mentor people and help them achieve great things but it does seem like the game has lost part of what made it fun i would say it's much different than when you know i think for um, you know, i'm 44 years old you know when i first started getting into coaching why you get into coaching has yeah. completely changed what you love doing on a day-to-day basis but you, know, you also just have to adapt with the times and i think the easy thing to do is throw up your hands and just say well you know i'm, I'm out well that's easy to say. Um, and I I just, you know, there's just so many things here that, that, you know, we're working towards right now and, and, you know, 
finding solutions is is the key to it. And it's it's always going to change. You know, I think about back when you know, I first started playing, you know, it was two back and, you know, guys were huddling. And then all of a sudden went to the no huddling, went to the spread. And that was a game changer. And then, you know, teams started catching up with that. And then there was just different things along the way that's changed the course of college football. And I think back when there used to be the option and, then, yeah. you know, all these different things. And so the game is going to continue to change. Now, we're certainly in unprecedented time because of all the things that are going on. But you, ha- you have to figure out a plan for moving forward. And I think about the job of Ohio State. You know, it's important to know the tradition here and what's con- come before because, you know, there's so many great players and great teams and obviously great coaches that have come before. And there's going to be a lot more that, that come afterwards. And, and it's our job as, as you know, you know, the guys who are part of the program now, the players, the staff, the coaches, certainly myself, to continue that tradition, knowing that, you know, there was there was something that came before and there's going to be something that comes ahead. Yeah. And what we can't do is look back on this time and say, well, it was a frustrating time and we don't have solutions. We have to come up with the answers and the solutions. And so, you know, I think that, you know, after the season, you know, you come up for air and you figure out what needs to get addressed and you do that. But but recruiting uh, in December was crazy. I mean, that's probably the the most chaotic time I've ever been a part of coming off the last game, getting ready for the bowl game and everything that came with that. And that was really ultimately like three players, right. four players that were like chaos time, right? If we go back to the summer and, and the Aaron Scott recruitment, I think is one that people would be interested in hearing about sure. because there was so much back and forth between your program in Michigan's program and, and Aaron and his family. Aaron loves Ohio State, grew up loving Ohio State, dad full of Ohio State love. And that back and forth, you were more involved in the Aaron Scott recruitment than most people probably recognize from the outside. What was it about that specific fight that maybe felt different? Or why do you think that one was so back and forth to the wire? And ultimately, what do you think sealed the deal with Aaron? And why was he like that important um yeah that was a battle and um you know i mean anytime we're battling for recruits in the state of ohio like those are those are important battles and i think tim's done a great job of building relationships but i think between the two of us you know uh, working together on this thing it really made a difference but ultimately it came down to aaron feeling comfortable with everybody in the building and the parents feeling um you know comfortable and and it comes down to relationships and that ultimately that's what recruiting is all about still yeah, that's it. I mean, even all the things that come with it, and certainly, you know, does NIL play, you know, all those things play, but it comes down to relationships in the end and the belief that when, you know, you know, a mom and a dad send their son to Ohio State are, you know, the people in that building are going to take care of my son, yeah. you know, in a lot of different areas now. And it's certainly different than it used to be, but it still comes down to that. It comes down to relationships. Um, I think, you know, Aaron and his family felt comfortable here coming off the June visit that, you know, everything we said we're going to do in recruiting, we're going to fall through with. And, um, and he's doing great now. He's, he's out there working and uh, he's already put some weight on and he looks good. Necessary. Do you think, I mean, uh, Tim Walton, the job he's done, especially in, has come into view in the last month, but yeah. uh, we can't talk about those guys necessarily. But what we can talk about in, in a staff full of elite coaches and recruiters, yep. there's two guys that keep standing out, and that's Brian Hartline and Tim Walton. Two guys who played at Ohio State, two guys who have extensive NFL backgrounds, different ways, Brian right. as a player and Tim as a coach. Do you think more and more that that's the recipe that it takes to win in recruiting? Because someone has to understand, as you said, you got to understand the traditions of Ohio State. You have to know this place inside and out. Do you think that matters more than it did 10 years ago? 
Uh, I think it's always good to have guys who understand what it means to be, any, whether it's a player, a coach, a staff member. I just think it means a little more. But when I look at Tim, I look at a guy who put 12 years, I think it's 12 years in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he's been at LSU, he's been at Miami. He's been, I mean, this is an experienced coach who, you know, has put his work in to get to this point where I think he's the best DB coach in the country. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. The fact that he's a Buckeye is even a bonus. But I think that when guys see his track record and what he's done, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to your competence as a coach. Anytime you're trying to build trust, you know, that's a big part of it. And I think guys believe that he's a really good coach. He's going to help them get to where they need to be. All you do is just look at the impact we've made in the last couple of years in the secondary and some of the, you know, the play we're getting now as opposed to a couple of years ago. And now hopefully we take the next step this year. But also it's just about the relationships. And I think that's, again, what he does a great job is connecting. Yeah. So I think we're always looking at, we call it the three C's to earn trust. One is your character, who you are as a person. Tim's a great person. The connection, do you spend time connecting with people, which he does a great job of? And then the competency, do you actually know what you're talking about? And so I think those are the most important things. It certainly helps when you're when you're a Buckeye. And, you know, I feel like I've brought in, you know, as many as I can, you know, yeah. Gene Hart, and C.J. Barnett and Tim Walton, um, James Laurinaitis, you know, so I, I really like having those guys around. But ultimately, you still have to be able to do your job. And you have to have the competency to do the job. I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but I, I'd be remiss <laughs> if I didn't at least ask about the chaos in the in the week leading up to Caleb deciding to come to Ohio mm-hmm. State. How insane was that last 48 hours when he went into the transfer portal officially? I mean, and we live in such a weird world now. Like, everyone, there's that green light, right? Nick Saban retires and everyone's like, okay, here we go, here we go. And you're, you're all at the starting line waiting for the green light, and then it's go. When you guys get the notification that he's in the portal, how quick – is a trip scheduled to to Georgia? How crazy was that? Not the last even twenty four hours, but the last six hours from from we think he's going to Georgia to he's putting an announcement on Twitter he's coming to Ohio State. Yeah, we we had we knew he had to move quick, and certainly we saw his coach went to Georgia, so that was playing into it. Uh, but myself, Tim, Jim, and uh, and Matt Guerrero all got on a plane and said we're going to be down there in the morning. I think. It was like a nine o'clock meeting at, at the house. And um, man, I think it went for about four hours. And I mean, Jim Knowles will tell you, it was like an interview. Kayla was interviewing our staff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to him for a while, but ultimately it came down to watching our film and going through it and figuring out, you know, how do you call this? What do you do here? <clears throat> Making sure that Tim, Matt, and Jim were all on the same page. You know, we're dealing with Caleb, um, you know, his dad, Gary. I mean, a great family, but they're football people. And, you know, they want to make sure everything's squared away. and. I think the thing um, you'd have to ask him, but I think a couple of things. One, we recruited him uh, the year before, and we talked about where we think the defense was going and what it was going to look like. You, you saw that progress. Yeah. So what we said was going to happen was happening, and, and we, we expect to take the next step this year. So I think that was that gave us some credibility there. Um, but I also think he really liked the guys on the team, and you know Jordan Hancock and, and some of the you know Malik Carford and the guys who were already on the defense, Sonny Styles. Yeah. He had a previous relationship there, so that there's some comfort level there. And then also Tim, you know, is somebody that, you know, knew Gary growing up, and so there was a, you know, um, you know, relationship there as well. So I think all those things combined, I think, led him to coming here. And it was, yeah, that was a crazy uh, 24 hours. I mean, sure. that year from finishing what everyone expected as runner-up uh, yeah. to Nick Saban, it, it happens. You never know. And then a year later to get that call had, had to be crazy. Um, you have a radio show that you have to do, so I want to try to speed this up. 
When was the last time you and Nina went on a date? Oh, boy. And where did you go? You're going to get me in trouble. Uh, last time I went on a date. Um, I mean, in the off-season, we try to do some different things together. Uh, well, no, I'll tell you. We, yeah, we got away. Um, it was after the season. It was in, um, it was in December. Um, you know, right. We had a couple of days off. I think it was right around Christmas or something. Her and I got away for a night. It was one night. Yeah. And then we were back the next so morning. So you need sometimes. So yeah, so we did. We, we, it's probably about a month ago. But we, we try. We really do. Once the off season hits, we try to at least once a month, uh, do something. It's certainly impossible during the season as you know, recruiting and, um, we finally got, you know, done being on the road and everything. So we'll try to find ways to connect that way. Um, we like to do more things as a family, just because, again, you know, like how many times we actually together as a family yeah. doing things. Um, you know, we are going to go on the Buckeye cruise uh, with the family again. This will be our second year doing that. And um, the kids and Nina really enjoyed that last time. So we're going to do that again. So that'll be a week together as a family, which is good. Um, so we try to find as many times as we can to do things as a family. But uh, Nina and I will try to do that probably once, once a month. College football, it seems like we're heading toward a world of Transfers whenever you want, unlimited transfers, mm. and a world where NIL, which has had no guardrails, may now finally have them. What's going to be worse for college football, NIL with guardrails? Because a lot of people blame NIL for the, the decay of college football. I personally think it's the transfer portal that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And if you, if you now open that up even more, is that a much bigger issue to you than NIL? I think... Uh what's going on now between the Big Ten and the SEC coming together is the best thing that can happen because I think we need to figure out, you know, how we want to move forward. And I think once we get the governance in place and we can actually enforce things, mm -hmm. to me, that's the most important thing. Because right now, I think, you know, we're struggling to enforce rules. And, um, you know, we can, we can pass whatever laws we want in terms of NIL or the portal and all these things. But if we don't have the ability to enforce rules, that's when, to me, there's all kinds of problems. Yeah. It's a lot easier when rules are set and rules are enforced, and then there's consequences for breaking the rules. Um, I think we're all having a hard time uh, not only recognizing what exactly some of the rules are, but also if someone breaks them, how do we actually you know, enforce those? Yeah. And it creates a lot of hard feelings across the country. What is something about Ryan, like, you wear Air Maxes a lot at practice, but I think that's probably because they're team issued a lot of times. <laughs> probably. Like, what is something that people don't know that you are into? Like, I'm 45. We're basically the same age. Like, I was pretty poor growing up. I couldn't afford nice shoes, right? So as I've gotten older, like, I like to make sure I have nice shoes. Okay. Is there something that you are into? French wine, whatever. What 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 do people like? What would they be surprised to know you're into? Do you sit around at home and play Diablo Four at midnight? Like, what do you do? No. No, when was the last time you played a video game? Video games? Yeah. When was the last time you I, played I one? I played against my son in Madden the other day, and uh, he got me because he knows how to play the game better than I do, yeah. but not because of the, the defense he called. But um, I mean, some stuff I could probably tell you, but it wouldn't be appropriate for this. That's what we want. We can no, bleep we'll shit. We'll save that for another <laughs> we day. We can bleep shit out, Ryan. See, I can do that. We can uh, do whatever we want. No, I, I uh, we love to travel. Um, I love traveling. Uh, Nina likes traveling. We like to go see different parts of the the world. You know, we've been out to Jackson Hole. We've been out to you know Park City, Utah. We've been out to Big Sky, Montana. Is Wyoming the most overrated state in the country? <laughs> no, that's not. All no right. way. I'm just trying to take a shot at Austin. The, the The opportunity to do a show where Austin's not on it to 
snap back is, is something I have to take. To, uh, to take but, but you know, my wife's, um, you know, her dad came over to Greece when, when uh, he was nine. Yeah. So she still has family in Greece. So we like to travel. Um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of time to travel, obviously, but it's something we like to do. I don't know if that's very exciting fact. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, people, I, 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 again, like I was a kid, I ninth of 11 kids. I couldn't, my parents couldn't afford Jordans. You know what I mean? So as I've gotten older, my wife's like, do you really need to spend $400 on a pair of shoes? I'm like, I don't need to, right? but I want to, and I'm going to. Right. And that's, sometimes you just need that. Yeah. RJ got his first offer. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about him as a, yeah. uh, how does that rule work? So but you can like talk about him as a person, he's, not he's as a son, yeah. as a player. But do you remind him that he got that offer because you're his dad, and <laughs> how much further along you were as a high school quarterback than he is heading into his sophomore year? Yeah, I think when he got the Boston College offer from Jeff, so uh, that went off the table now. Yeah, well, so it's so funny. So first he did a call was like, "Do I still have that offer or not?" Yeah. I'm like, "I don't know, buddy." But. Uh, but I think when he got the Marshall offer, you know, he really felt great because I don't have really, I don't really know many folks at Marshall. Yeah. So, you know, that, he earned that one on his own. And uh, to get a, you know, to get that offer uh, after the season, you know, that was a, he felt great about that. So you know, he'll probably go, you know, visit there and I'll probably go as a dad and go, you know, check it out. But, um, yeah, I didn't have any offers as a freshman for sure. I didn't play varsity as a freshman. I mean, he's much further along than I, um, I am. He's obsessed with it. He loves it. Um, and he's got a great feel for the game. He loves it. It's it's his whole life. He's obsessed with it. So it's fun as a dad. And one of the things I try not to do is tell him you know, too much about how to throw or what yeah. to do. He's got to do it on his own. Uh, I remember hearing Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. talk about how his dad had the cheat code and that sometimes he gave it to him, sometimes he didn't. And I think I try not to give him the cheat code all the time and let him figure it out on his own. Heading into spring, I'd be I, if I don't ask you at least like one football Go question, ahead, yeah. the YouTube commenters will be pissed. Uh, What's your biggest concern? This looks like a national championship roster that is built, right? It's sitting here. Heading into spring, I think a lot of people outside looking in are worried about right tackle or maybe the continuity on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. From what you've seen in the last month, where is your concern level? And do you think, are you confident that the starting right tackle is on this roster? Um, You know, I think... You got to take a look at <clears throat> how last year can improve. You know, guys improve as they get a year of experience under their belt. You know, you look at guys who play in the NFL; they're not all just four and five stars. And yeah. Usually, they're guys who learn to play the position. Their experience allows them the opportunity to grow. I think this spring is going to be critical. Um, to your point about the roster, it's probably going to be the most competitive spring that I've been a part of. Just when you start going through every position, the type of guys we have. I mean, I just. I mean, it's going to be amazing, you know, and I think there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, spring game is going to be a blast. That's on uh, August 13th, you know, and April 13th or April 13th. Tickets on sale Friday morning at 10 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. April 13th. And we get a good crowd. I mean, to get a good day, it's going to be an amazing crowd. But I think there's so many guys that, that people want to see. But going back to your question about the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent in that room. There is. Um, there's some good young guys that have come on. But I think we got to come out of the spring and see where we're at. And the good news is we'll have a good feeling because you know we're going to go against some really good guys every day in practice. So, but I'm with you. I mean that that's that's a position that if if we're going to make this run and we're going to get done, we need to get done. It's going to go through the offensive defensive line. You have the third ranked recruiting class in the class of 2024 that is now official and complete. Is there a story in there that or one guy that you almost can't believe is here? 
Um, well, it, it, I don't. I know you don't look at it that way, but probably it would be Julian saying. Yeah. You know, I look at it like. I mean, we're looking at it that way yeah, for sure, right? Um, just the way that all played out was just you could never predict that in a million years, and then you look at it. How hard? Say, how hard is that for you? Because I know yeah. internally, oh. like that's not who you. I like, went back and forth and back and forth and back. I actually talked to you at one point. Yeah. I was like, man, I, I just, you know, when you recruit people, you know, you, you bring them in and you talk to them and then you go through it and there's a human side of it. Like, okay, you know, we're not bringing in two quarterbacks in this yeah. class. And then this situation presents itself. And then you almost have to take yourself away and say, what's best for the team? What's best for Ohio State football? And like, one thing I can tell you is this, this, this job is not for the faint of heart, you know, whether it's dealing with staff, whether it's dealing with the players, but the one thing I try to do is make sure I'm transparent and tell the everybody, all those quarterbacks and everybody exactly what's going on. And this is the decision that's been made. Here's why. Because the only thing you can really, you know, guarantee is that there's going to be competition. There's yeah. going to be a bunch of guys in that room. When you look back since 2017, that's been the case. When yeah. you list all the different quarterbacks. Because well, there's no room. different than what you told Erdogan in last April, right. which is we're going to have the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. It's just the conversation Moved up six months, right? Yeah, and it's a very unique situation. Right? I don't know if it's once in a lifetime, but that it's a very unique situation, and this pre- presented itself. And um, and I, I felt like it was the right thing to do at that time for the program. And uh, I'm excited we did. I think you know Julian's doing a great job. His family feels comfortable with what's going on, and I think it's going to make everybody in that room better. Last thing, and I'll let you get to your radio show. You've been in Ohio now eight years. Yeah, your children have grown up here, right. like. They don't know anything other than Columbus and, and being Buckeyes. Yeah. Does it still bother you? Maybe bother is not the right word, but just do you think people understand or appreciate how ingrained you are into this culture now or, or Columbus and Ohio? And is that hard for you when people still look at you and say, oh, you know, he's, he's an outsider? Yeah, I don't. I think early on, especially, um, that probably was more the narrative. But like you said, like my youngest daughter, it's all she knows. You know, and so, um, you know, we live, my family lives this more than anybody in the state of Ohio. Yeah. So I know people have grown up this way, but we live it every single second of our day. We have to, you know, this is, this has become our eight years. It's like, I know. Like your people, kids get, oh, people talk to your kids about yeah. a loss at Ohio State and oh, yeah. that's yeah, I mean, awful. You see blue and you get physically ill. Like there's, it's just. That's that's what our life has become for the last eight years, and so, so yeah, I mean, like this this is who we are, and uh, and I, you know, certainly there when you have twelve million people in a fan base, you know, there's a lot of things that are said, but you know, I just I really appreciate all the support that so many people across the state have given my family and I, even though you know, you know, we've won a whole bunch of games, we've also lost some games too, yeah. and. You know, we know what we need to get done next year. It's important to get it done. But but overall, the people have been unbelievable. They really have. And, um, you know, they've been supportive of, of the family and uh, been supportive of, uh, you know, my kids. Not everybody, you know. Yeah. And, and we have to live that every day. My family doesn't like me. Yeah. So it's, it's part of your family. You at least if your family likes you, at least you're on the right side. My family's <laughs> yeah. like, does this guy ever stop? But yeah. But, but no, it's, I don't know. Yeah. But it's. Uh, it, it's it's part of the job, and and you know my family's embraced it, and they understand what it is more than anybody. I would say. Well, right on time. He's got to get to a radio show. <laughs> we got to wrap up this edition of the podcast daily. That's Ryan Day. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, we'll see you at spring football.